Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Moving River Ministries. Of course, I am Pastor Adam McGahey, and I'm going to be delivering the sermon this morning. The title of the message this morning is Why Prophecy, with a subtitle, That Includes Me. And so um, I'm going to be talking about the different aspects of prophecy, and prophecy includes edifying, exhorting, and comforting. Praise the Lord. And so I'm going to be using some scriptures that I used last week as well, but I'm going to be expounding a little bit more in depth um, than I did last week because I want us to understand the purpose of prophecy. Sometimes people are reluctant to prophesy, and but I hope in the message this morning that I am able to bring out that we all prophesy and the need for prophesying and how it really does benefit each and every person that does it. Again, the purpose of prophecy is to, again, edify, exhort, and to comfort. Who would not want those things? So if that's why the subtitle is That Includes Me. Because I want to be edified, I want to be able to exhort, and I certainly want to be comforted, and I want the ability to comfort others. And we should all desire those things, praise God. So with that, let us open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for all that are joining us today. We thank you, Lord, for those that are on the prayer line conference line for those that are joining us via live streaming and those that are here with us in our home being our family we thank you lord for every home that is with us this morning and blessing all those that are tuned in we thank you lord that what we hear this morning will bless us beyond measure so much and so we cannot even comprehend the blessings at this time but those blessings are going to come and we are going to realize them and we will then just go out and tell our story of how the gospel has truly changed our lives and continues to change our lives and we will be walking talking breathing speaking testimonies of your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, your forgiveness, your righteousness, your holiness, your godliness, and how good you are to us each and every moment that we live for all eternity. My God, we give you praise and we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? We talked about the spiritual gifts last week. Um, and the spiritual gifts are to be used within the church body. And, you know, we, we sometimes use the scripture found in... Um, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise God. And we, we look at that verse of scripture and we, we sometimes wonder, now how is 
God that is in us truly greater? Do we feel that greatness that is in us than he that is in the world? Sometimes we feel like we pale in comparison to the world and the things of the world, and we don't feel that greatness that is in us. But I believe that prophecy comes now to help us to be able to realize that greater is in me he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise God. And I have to pause for a moment, praise God, and um, find something here that I have misplaced. Praise the Lord. Hold on just a moment. While I find that, I am going to talk about this. And this is what I truly love. You know, when I research God's word and I research God's intentions and God's love, I find what man is truly capable of because of God. And that's when I find myself in realms of the unknown, places where I don't really have much knowledge or much information, but God places me there because now I'm researching his word. I'm researching God's intentions, you know, to, to find out. And he begins to reveal what man is truly capable of because of him. And in seeking out that truth in knowing God, um, that I may pr then present that knowledge of what's spiritually and humanly possible to all who will listen. Now included in my learning is this. Um, what is revealed is that we're not concreted to be a certain way for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Praise God. And we're not victims of heredity or even our present circumstances for that matter. That is truly a revelation to me because in counseling other people at times, they feel like they are victims of their circumstances, victims of even um, heredity. In sometimes different diseases are passed down through heredity. Does that mean then that God cannot heal them? No. See, what that means is included in my learning is this revelation that we are not concreted to be a certain way for the rest of our lives. Amen. We're not victims of heredity or even our present circumstances. Amen. See, the truth is God has created us to be marvels of change. And I love that term, marvels of change. God has created us to be that way. And see, God gives us these spiritual gifts. And see, my gift and calling from God as a pastor for over 15 years, as well as a servant and a counselor and a researcher, is not just to preach about all the things that are possible with God, but my responsibility is to equip to equip you and to be equipped with the true knowledge of God and how he works through man in all walks of life. And see, he doesn't just work through those that are saved. God works through all mankind. 
man that maybe developed the technology that we are using today was not possibly was not saved was not um baptized in jesus name filled with the holy spirit but we are using the technology and the knowledge that god gave that man and so we are the ones who are benefiting from it god works through man in all walks of life in education including history science culture and even politics and god proves through all of these different realms his omniscience his omnipresence and his omnipotence what god has revealed through jesus christ is that what we think and and can do influences our brains our bodies and our spiritual and physical lives see we live in a time when it's not enough to just know truly we live in a time where it is time for us to know how how to really apply the knowledge of god we have to learn how to allow it. We need to learn how to just be. And what I mean by that is how to be at our best. Prophecy and prophesying is what is going to help me to see the future. In the scripture in Joel chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. And to me, that is a great example of what prophecy really is. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let it. Let the weak say it. Allow it. Allow the weak to say it. Allow it to just be that way. But when we're weak, that prophesying comes to let us know that we truly are strong. So you got to say that to yourself. You got to say that to somebody else. And when we say those words to somebody else, we are using the words of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. The word is God. The prophesying is God. Prophesying is of God. And we got to learn that we're already doing this and we got to fall in love with doing it the more. We got to fall in love and telling ourselves and telling somebody else, let the weak just say, I am strong. Let you say it all the time. Let it be. Allow it. Be at your best. Because are you at your best when you're feeling weak? Not at all. But you are truly at your best when you're feeling strong. And how you feel strong is when you are edified, when you are exhorted, and when you are comforted by God. So we're going to look at spiritual gifts here this morning. Praise God. Brother Isaiah, uh, find for me the scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, because I, I left that out. Um, spiritual gifts. In order for you to change, you're going to have to be greater than the conditions in your environment. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say that again, because you may have missed that, because you may have been tuned into what I just said prior to that, giving Isaiah some instruction. So 
in order for you to change. And who wants to change? Say amen. Amen. 1 John 4 and 4. <laughs> Thank you. In order for you to change, you're going to have to be greater than the conditions in your environment. And now, let me say this. Every great person in history knew this. Every great person in history knew this. And what they did was they believed in a future that was already so alive in their mind that they began to live as if that future reality was happening in the present moment. Should I repeat it again? Every great person in history knew this. In order for you to change, you're going to have to be greater than the conditions in your environment. And they believed in a future that already was so alive in their mind that they began to live as if that future reality was happening in the present moment. So in 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, we read this in verse 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, there is a difference. There is a spirit of truth that exists and there is a spirit of error that exists. We get to choose which we are going to tune into, the spirit of truth or the spirit of error, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, or the spirit of Antichrist. See, the world, as I made reference to, God, God is going to work through man in all walks of life. In education, history, in science, in culture, and even politics. But see, they are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. So there are many that cannot really hear what we are saying or what the Spirit is saying to them because they are not of God. But still, they can be used of God. Make no mistake that they are used of God. As I made reference to just a little while ago, we are using technology today. And the person who invented the technology that we're using may not have been saved. But God gave them that knowledge. See, when we who are called of God, who have 
been as Acts 2 and 38 says, we have repented of our sins and we have uh, been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into our hearts. And so now we give God the glory and honor and the praise for all the knowledge and all what he has made us capable of being and doing. The world does not do that. But we are of God. And so we do that. We do that willingly. We do that gladly. And even for those things that we use that those of the world have invented or discovered, we use those things, praise God, but still we give God the glory and honor and praise for them. And see, this is what I want us to learn and understand in regards to prophecy today. Prophecy allows us to be greater than the conditions in our environment and in our present lives. So what this means is that you have to be greater than circumstances and conditions in your world. Greater than circumstances and conditions in your world. And as long as you're not creating anything new in your life, if and every person, everything is already reflected in your brain. An experience, an emotion that is connected to it. We say then that we're thinking equal to our environment. And what we'll keep doing as long as we're equal to our environment. As long as we remain equal to our present circumstances and our present conditions. What we will do is we will keep reaffirming ourselves and creating the same environment on a daily basis. Yeah. And what that means is um, Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book. What is the title of that book? It escapes me right now. Um, but he talked about a, a person named ordinary and leaving what was called familiar the dream, giver? the dream giver thank you brother adam it's good to have some people in church sometimes <laughs> that can help you with stuff praise the lord and again i got my family here this morning brother isaiah and sister olivia are here and uh brother adam is here praise god he's always you know doing the live streaming and i thank god for that and so Bruce Wilkinson wrote that book, The Dream Giver. And in The Dream Giver, he talks about a person by the name of Ordinary. And Ordinary is leaving or desiring to leave his present conditions called familiar. And everything in our lives that we are doing or everything that we have ever did, everything that we have ever experienced is familiar. It's either familiar past or it's familiar present or, and what we do, is we are able to predict our future, which is known. That is why people live every day with the same thoughts, the same habits, what is familiar, and reaffirming those emotions from the past, they create the same environment. Oh, but allow me to introduce prophecy and prophesying. What that does is that gives us a vision and a picture of what our future can be. Yeah. 
what it should be. And see, in that present moment, we, we come to that knowledge and we come to that understanding. When that truth is revealed unto us, it causes us to make a decision right in that present moment. Which do I want, that familiar past or do I want that unfamiliar future, that unpredictable future? that unknown that exists because you can't know it yet because you haven't experienced it yet. But you've gotten a glimpse. Praise God. You know, we sing that song, Heaven for Me. My wife and I sometimes sing that song. And it says, uh, I caught a glimpse of that heavenly land. And when you catch a glimpse of, and I preached this a, a while ago, when you catch a glimpse of that future man, when you catch a glimpse of that future woman that you can be in Christ Jesus, that is a prophesying vision of your future, but you don't really know that person yet. But you can. And that is what you want to be. That is what we can be. And that gives us that uh, thing to work towards, that thing to become. As every man has received the gift, praise God. Let me talk, turn now in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to read verse starting at verse 10. And 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as, it, do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever amen in these verses of scripture in talking about prophecy and talking about spiritual gifts it says that in verse 10 every man hath received the gift every man receives a gift from god even so minister the same that means use the gift minister let me define minister minister in its meaning it's as a distinguished, distinguished from servant because serving is part of ministry, but there's a distinction in being a minister. A servant is someone that can be a slave as well, that is brought into servanthood without his consent. But a minister is a voluntary attendant on another. A minister volunteers his service. It's not something that he is a slave to. It's not something that he is forced to do. Someone can be forced to be being a servant, but you cannot force someone to minister. That is a gift, okay? So we minister and we serve in the gift. We choose to serve that gift that God has given us. The purpose of prophecy the purpose of prophecy, let me back up here a minute because I need to speak on this just a little bit more. So every who, who receives a gift? Everyone, as said in verse 10. 
Everyone receives a gift. But we got to serve and we got to voluntarily serve. In verse 11, it says, if any man speak. Now, verse 11 is now defining your gift and how your gift is to be used. There's speaking in the gift. It says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. So there's a gift that you received, and now you can either speak with that gift, and then it says, if any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. So then you serve with that gift. You either speak or you serve. And so in examining the gift that you have received from God, is that a gift of speaking? You will know that if you've been called upon to either give a Bible study or if you have a natural ability to speak, that is a gift from God. Now, we all talk, but we all don't speak. We all don't come to a, um, a, a congregation or, or an audience and actually deliver a talk of some sort. That is a special gift that you have been given from God if you have the ability to do that. Now, can we learn that? Absolutely. Can some people learn it? No, they can't. No, they cannot. They are terrible speakers. You know, and um, not to say that I'm any great speaker because I do not view myself as a great speaker by any means. But in order to be even used in that gift in speaking, you got to be able to know a topic and then deliver that topic and keep people's attention so that they learn something. So ministering, it's meaning, it's, it's so different from serving. You got to, serving is something that people do and sometimes people are serving on their jobs and they hate it. They hate what it is that they are doing, but they're being paid, so they keep on doing it. But a minister is a voluntary attendant. And see, this is where I believe prophecy helps so much, praise God, and the ability to learn what prophesying is really all about. Prophecy is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, it says to another. Prophesy is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. And we have the gift of prophesying i think it we need to understand it fully because if we are going to receive the word of god we need to know how to deliver that word of god and how to deliver it with such loving kindness and prophecy is i'm going to be talking about what prophecy is not meant for too because some people use prophecy wrong but let's back up in that chapter 12 and let's look at verse 7 Verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Huh. 
The Spirit manifests itself. When we receive the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And truly, when I received the Holy Spirit, I didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was all about. And, and I don't believe anybody truly understands the greatness and the depth of God at any time in their earthly walk. We are forever learning more and more about the depths of God. His depths and his heights are unsearchable. Who can know it, the scripture says. But we're all learning it. We're all becoming. Praise God. And that is exciting. That remains exciting, praise God. To whom are the gifts of the indwelling Holy Spirit given to? They are given to every person. When you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you receive gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. Somebody say, everybody say, that includes me. me. Online, I want you to say, put it in the comments, that includes me. To whom are the gifts of the indwelling Holy Spirit given? Someone say again, that includes me. Praise God. We need to realize that it includes us. The gifts of the indwelling Holy Spirit includes us. We are not left out of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. To every person, every man hath received a gift. Even so, it's time that we minister that same to one another. Praise the Lord. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, And these are some verses of scripture that we used from last week. Paul tells us, he says in verse 1 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But rather. were with us last week, you know that I read those verses of scripture last week as well. So I'm going to just do a little bit of review and I'm going to go a little bit further today in regards to prophesying. Because in verse one there, it says, follow after charity. Because we're following love, that means we're following God. Because God is love. And it goes on to say, desire spiritual gifts. We are supposed to desire these spiritual gifts. Praise God. And but rather that ye may prophesy. And as we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, prophesying was listed as one of the gifts right there. So it is that, but rather. That means we should rather prophesy. And if we again look at what prophesying is meant to be, and we're going to get into it a little bit more here, praise God, as time permits. You know, we're going to get into prophesying and what prophesying is all about. The reason that prophecy is so important is outlined in verse number three. Because he that prophesies speaketh unto men to what? Edification. 
edification, we're going to define what edification means. Exhortation, we're going to define what exhortation means. And comfort, we're going to define what comfort terms. Paul's definition of prophecy is right there in verse 3. In simple terms, prophecy is hearing from God and speaking what you hear in order to edify, exhort, and comfort someone. Who would not want to do that? See, when we begin to understand what prophesying is really all about, and we look at it this way, again, I'm going to read that. Prophesying, okay, is hearing from God. Anybody want to hear from God, say amen. amen. And then speaking what you hear. Anybody want to speak from God what they hear? Somebody say amen. amen. But you're doing it in order, in this order. This is why you are doing it, to edify exhort and comfort someone. If anybody wants to do those things, say amen. amen. Preach with me this morning. Amen. To prophesy is to hear from God and speak that which you hear. Now, personal prophecy is a word given to a specific individual. Sometimes we're given a specific prophesy prophecy, and we have to then speak that prophecy to a specific individual. Again, what is the purpose? To edify, exhort, and to comfort. Yeah. Prophecy is not given to bring correction, direction, or to express our views and opinions, but to give a word that reveals the heart of God. To reveal, that reveals the heart of God the Father and his love. Because why? We are following after charity. We are following after the love of God. And because we've been given the gift to prophesy, now we're hearing from God and we're speaking the words of God in order that we may edify, exhort, and comfort somebody else. God's heart is always for restoration, redemption, renewal, and regeneration. I call it the four R's. Restoration, redemption, renewal, and regeneration. Prophecy is one of the ways that God's love is demonstrated. Few things can impact a person like a word that came from God just for them. And you imagine just being able to edify, exhort, and comfort somebody on a daily basis because you have received from God. And truly, there is not a person that is within the sound of my voice that can see me right now online, praise God, that has not received from God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let us look this morning at the three elements of prophecy noted in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So when we look at the meaning of edify, it means to build up, such as building up one's faith, to strengthen one's relationship and walk with God. Anybody want that responsibility? Yes. Anybody want that blessing? Because sometimes we, when we hear the word responsibility, we back up, we shy away from it. But when we hear the word blessing, we feel like, okay, we're receiving. When we receive, when we hear the word responsibility, up, oh, that means we got to do something. But we're called to minister, aren't we? 
We are called to serve, aren't we? And that is not just the responsibility of the pastor and his wife and the staff at the church, but it is each and every one of our responsibilities. Praise God. But it is a blessing. It is a a blessing of responsibility. The Apostle Paul tells us when Christians build up one another, this is what we find. And turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is what happens when Christians build up one another. And I'm so thankful for Christians, you know, people in in the church, in Moving River Ministries, even those outside of Moving River Ministries that come along and build you up. And we build up one another, praise God. And these are the things that happen when we build one another up. In verse 11 it says, and he gave evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Yes, Jesus. Verse 16. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual, working in the measure of every part, make an increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. This is what happens when Christians build up one another. This is what happens when we prophesy what God has given unto us and we then go about edifying, exhorting, and comforting one another. Edifying is so important. Who would not want to do that? We receive something from God and then we just give it to somebody else. Praise the Lord. Edifying. Why? We should seek to lift up those around us. Can you imagine just um, asking God, Lord, can you give me a word to edify this brother? Can you give me a word to edify this sister? And then God gives it. We should all seek to lift up those around us, to bring support and build them up as members of the family of God. See, when God edifies, the resurrection power of the Spirit lifts the person up into Christ. Their faith is renewed and with newfound courage that builds up the person in Christ Jesus. I want those people around me. I want those people to come alongside of me and build me up. I want to be one of those people that come alongside you and build you up in Christ Jesus. I want to see the spirit of the living God lift you up into Christ. I want to see your faith renewed each and every time I'm given the ability to speak words of edification unto you. Praise God. So let's look at exhortation. Because that's what prophesying is all about as well, exhortation. Exhortation is a ministry of the spirit that emboldens and brings courage to the life of the believer. 
Wow. Get you bold. Praise God. <laughs> Brings courage. Anybody want to be more bold in their walk with Christ? Anybody want to be more bold when you're out there in the world, you know, and you feel like, you know, the world is coming against you, but you are bold. You have courage in Christ Jesus yes. to continue on. Anyhow, Praise God. Can somebody say amen this morning? Put amen in the comments. Y'all preach with me this morning. I feel like preaching a little bit this morning. I know I'm from home. I know y'all are at home. Praise God. But it, it is time to receive the blessings of God in the fullness, hallelujah, of Christ Jesus that dwells in us. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Exhortation, it means to strongly encourage or to give counsel from the wisdom of God that comes from above. Woo! Glory! Strongly encourage or to give counsel. That's why when, when I put it in my introduction this morning, a little bit about myself, you know, I said that I've been a pastor for over 15 years as well as a servant, and I put in there a counselor as well. Praise God. God has given me that ability. Yeah. This is nothing that I've done on my own. I look at myself and I say, who am I to counsel? But when it comes to exhorting, I can give counsel from the wisdom of God that comes from above. Yeah. Amen. And I can do that with courage. I can do that with confidence that it is the truth of God's word and nothing but the truth. Praise the Lord. In James chapter 3 and verse 17, praise the Lord, let us look at that verse of scripture because it says in James chapter 3 and verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Mm. Holy Lord. Who would not want to give that kind of counsel from God? Mm. And see, this is the whole purpose of prophesying. To be able to do these things. Because God has given you that gift. And Paul is telling us that we should all desire spiritual gifts, but rather that we prophesy. Thank you, Lord. No longer do I want to shy away from prophesying God's word. I want to do it more. I want to do it each and every day. Yes. Praise the Lord. Prophecy, however, is not just speaking human encouragement, <laughs> but divine encouragement. Not just human encouragement. Because we can all come, oh, you can do it. Oh, don't be a loser. Oh, you're a winner. But when you get that exhortation from God and you can speak words of life that are pure, that are peaceable, that are gentle, that are easy, 
to be entreated, full of mercy. And that mercy is something that is not communicated just in what you're saying, but it is communicated in what you are feeling, what you have experienced from God, what you have received, now you're giving to somebody else. Thank you, Lord. And there is a really good example of this divine encouragement in the Bible, in the Word of God, we find it in Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Can I get a tissue? Acts chapter 27. I told y'all I'm preaching. Whenever I preach, my nose starts running. Praise God. I'm not just speaking this morning. I'm still preaching. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister White. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> In Acts chapter 27, we're going to look at this example of divine encouragement, divine exhortation. And it is during a major storm, after Paul received encouragement from an angel, he addressed the ship's captain and crew, stating this. Acts chapter 27 and verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Praise God. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, see, that is divine encouragement. That is what Paul shared with all of those that were with him. This was a terrible storm. Yes. Paul had advised them not even to sail. But because they, it, it was wintertime and because they, they knew it was only going to get worse, they took the risk in sailing, praise God, and their ship was destroyed. They feared that they were all going to lose their lives. But here is the man of God right on the same ship with them. And because he received that word from the angel of God. See, we are in the receiving mode, church. We have received the divine word of God. We have re received the hope. And see, the hope now is in us. That Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Praise God. It is dwelling there. It is always there, always present. We got to realize the omniscience, the omnipresence, praise God, and the omnipotent, that power of God that is in us to do the things that God has called us to do. And this is an example of Paul doing what God had called him to do. See, the angel of God that he received the word from, Paul didn't keep that word to himself. Amen. But he shared that word of God. And he told him, thou must, he says, fear not, Paul. This is what the angel said. Thou must be brought before Caesar. Because of you, Paul, you being brought before Caesar, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Nobody was lost. Can we imagine? Because of the storms of life that we are going through, there are people that need to hear about that storm. There are people who are going through the same type of storms that we are going through. 
And if we don't deliver to them the word of God, they will not have that same uh, revelation. They will not have that same hope that is in us. It says, for wherefore, sirs, in verse 25, be of good cheer. They will not get to experience that good cheer. There are so many people who are miserable in life. There are so many people who are failing in life. There are so many people that are depressed. There are so many people in agony. There are so many people in pain. And those things that we get to realize and we get to enjoy, we, be, get, we are able to be of good cheer. We need to spread that good cheer. And see, this is where comforting comes in. We are to comfort. Praise God. Comfort means to lighten one's burden. Anybody want to come along and lighten my burden this morning? Amen. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I wasn't able to get up and leave the camera, but someone brought me a tissue, and that was my wife. She lightened my burden. Otherwise, y'all have seen a runny nose on camera. Praise the Lord. To comfort means to lighten one's burden, to console. The easing of one's grief or discomfort. We're not talking about just human comfort here. We're not talking about just human sympathy or compassion. We're not talking about just human understanding. But we're talking about, again, the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. Oh, just let that just sit there on your palate for a moment. Uh huh. I remember I preached a message at a funeral and I called it Miserable Comforters. Some of you remember that. And I didn't want to show up and be a miserable comforter. There are some people that come along and they are miserable comforters in the time of grief. There are some people who are miserable comforters. They think that they're comforting you and then they tell you another sad story and just add to your discomfort. Jesus. And they think because they are aligning with you on that path to discomfort that they are somehow comforting you. Some people come along and tell you a worse story like it's really going to make them feel better. Jesus. They're called story toppers. That is not the kind of comfort that we are talking about here that comes from the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about human comfort. We're talking about the Holy Spirit comfort. That comfort that we know, that comfort that we love. Those of us that are filled with the Holy Spirit, we know it well. We enjoy that comfort on a daily basis. The God of comfort, he brings healing. Woo! Glory! Thank you, Jesus. See, that's why we get so excited in prayer sometimes when we're praying for someone that needs a healing. Because we know the God of comfort can do all things. He's the one that brings the healing. We're not looking at the doctor for the healing. We're not looking at ourselves for the healing. We are looking at the indwelling Holy Spirit to bring about the healing. So we can give glory, honor, and praise to the indwelling Holy Spirit. It is the God of comfort that brings freedom. Anybody want to be free? Yeah. Totally free. Anybody want to be free from the past? Amen. Huh. 
Amen. Is the past sometimes that held, holds us so bound to what is familiar, what is known, and keeps us from venturing out into the unknown where true life, where our true self, where our best self exists. I want to be set free from that. True comfort from God removes constraints binding me to the past. I don't want to be tied to those past emotions. His comfort breaks the stronghold of fear, discouragement, and brings peace. And this peace that we're talking about is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to talk about this peace that is brought through the comfort in knowing God. It says, verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Can we say amen? Can we give God some praise this morning? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, we're talking about prophesying today, and I believe somebody's receiving some words of prophesying already this morning in this message. Somebody is being set free. Somebody is being healed. Somebody's, their constraints are being removed. Praise God. Somebody's strongholds are being torn down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, all of these divine virtues of exhortation, edification, and comfort, they flow through the ministry of the fathers, of the father of love. And there, there is but one father of love, and that's God. See, and they flow freely through him, praise God. And, and we got to realize that that flow is in us, those of us who have the Holy Spirit. See, because everybody that witnessed what took place on the day of Pentecost, when that mighty rushing wind came in, everybody didn't receive the Holy Spirit. There were only about 3,000 souls added. Others there were mockers as well. And they mocked what was going on. They were not included in that 3,000 additional souls that were added to the church that day. But those that received it were then filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. See, people, they can think they got the Holy Spirit all they want, but until they receive the Holy Spirit the way the Bible says that they receive the Holy Spirit, they can only think they got it. But there is a knowing woo, that takes place when you know you got it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. you want to know God even more. You, you want all the constraints thrown off you. You truly want to be set free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And you want to do all the word of God is calling you to do. If the word of God is calling you to prophesy, you want to do it with all that is in you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, it says it this way. And hopeth, and hope, I'm sorry, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. 
Again, all of these divine virtues of exhortation, edification, and comfort, they flow through the ministry. The ministry of the Father of love. And see, there, here it is talking about it here in Romans chapter 5. He's and hope maketh us not ashamed. There is nothing that you should be shameful about when you are living for God and doing the things that God has called you to do. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, praise the Lord. By what? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost brings, gives us that encouragement. The Holy Ghost then, it gives us that emboldenedness. The Holy Ghost gives us that divine encouragement, praise God, to do all the things that God has called us to do. And hope maketh us not ashamed because we are hoping to become everything that God has called us to be. We have our eyes set on the prize, that new man, that unknown, that unpredictable praise God I don't want to be able to predict my future because if I can predict my future it is known and it is known by the man in the past amen praise God let me conclude <laughs> oh what an awesome time it has been in delivering the word of God this morning in conclusion, we look at what is the purpose of spiritual gifts being used within the church body. And it is for us to bring glory to God in demonstrating truly that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. That's the real lowdown about spiritual gifts being used in the body of Christ. It really is for us to bring glory to God, demonstrating that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you, Jesus. We can be so positive and so confident, so emboldened by the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, you know, just delivering everything that God gives unto us to somebody else. Praise the Lord. And that is what is so encouraging when we read those scriptures. I'm going to read these scriptures as we close again in uh, 1 John chapter 4. And it tells us in verse 1, Believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. There are many things that people believe in today. Yes. There are many spiritual uh, awakenings that people uh, subscribe to, lend their time, pay their money for. But everything that God gives us is free. Yes. Amen. We ain't got to pay any money for it. Jesus. I ain't even asked for an offering this morning. Praise God. And y'all know from my preaching and the way that you... Our church is run. We don't put a whole lot of focus on money, but don't you know that God blesses and God gives us everything that we have need of, praise the Lord. And I believe those needs are getting greater and greater and God is just going to continue to supply whatever it is that we need. Thank you, Jesus. But we are going to try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because there are many false prophets that are gone out into the world. Amen. But hereby know we the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. We see this spirit of Antichrist in all facets of life. We got to recognize it. And if people are not willing to give credence to the Holy Spirit, if they are not willing to give glory, honor, and praise to the Holy Spirit for these things, that is against Christ. Yes, it is. Ye are of God, little children, have overcome them. Somebody say amen. amen. Say, I've overcome those things. Overcome Somebody those say, things. that includes me. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say that includes me. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. <laughs> Praise God. I have a few references that I'm going to make note to this morning as I conclude at the end of the sermon this morning. Um. And these are some of the sources that I use to put together the message this morning. You know, but all, not all those sources that I use this morning are giving credence, are giving the glory and honor to God, are giving glory and honor to Christ. But as I stated in my opening this morning, that God works through man in all walks of life, education, history, science, culture, and even politics, proving his omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. Just like we are using the technology to all be together this morning. Amen. Amen. We can use other sources to prove God's omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence. And I'm going to do it every day that I live. Praise God. And I'm going to give God all glory, honor, and praise. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. Amen. Somebody say, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, when someone is of God that God has brought you to to prophesy unto, they're going to hear you. Yes, they will. If they are of the spirit of truth, they're going to hear you. If they are of the spirit of error, they are not going to hear it. Take heart that you know the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And so now it comes to the conclusion of the message where we have to make a decision. Are we going to activate prophetic grace? Are we going to activate prophecy in our lives? And the Bible tells us this way, ask and you shall receive. So how do we activate prophetic grace to move in the gift of prophecy? Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 7 and 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I believe if we truly desire, as Paul said, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you prophesy, 
And if we go ahead and do as it says in Matthew, ask and it shall be given you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you, the words of Jesus Christ, I believe it will be done. So in closing, as we get ready to pray, I just want to say this. Those of you who have joined us this morning, either on the phone or via Facebook live streaming, if you go to our website, follow the donation page and make an offering right now, uh, any amount that you so desire, we truly appreciate it and certainly we need it. And God does supply our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So we thank you for attending this morning. And if you feel more comfortable sending in a donation via mail, send it to Moving River Ministries at 453 South Main Street, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, 18701. We... Look forward to the plan to open the church the first Sunday in February. We will keep you posted if that plan does change. There are still very high numbers of COVID-19 outbreaks. We ask that you keep in prayer Pastor Tom Gentry and his wife, Sister Norma Gentry, as they are both uh, afflicted with COVID-19 at this time, but it is through the prayers of the saints that God will heal them. Yes. Praise the Amen. Lord. <clears throat> and there are other family members that are also come down with COVID-19. I know some of you have family members. Let us just all pray for them as well. And any that needs a healing, any that needs freedom, any that needs removing of constraints, any that needs breaks and strongholds of fear, discouragement. And let's just pray for the peace of God, the edifying, the exhorting, and the comforting. And bless us to do what God has called us to do. I will be sharing some more messages in regards to prophesying and living in prophesying, in a state of prophesying. Praise the Lord. So let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you for blessing us to gather together this morning. And Father, we ask together in closing as we pray with thanksgiving that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights as it is in your word. We ask for your Holy Spirit to impart. My God, share, shed it in our hearts, O oh God, O oh Lord, as your, only your Holy Spirit can do. My God, activate and release to all who have listened this morning to the lesson of the gift of prophecy, O oh Lord. Oh, Jesus, the freedom that we need to do all the things that you have called us to do. It is our sincere and earnest desire, mighty God, that we truly operate in this gift, that we as well as others may know your thoughts, hear your heart, my God, know your love in the fullness of truth, oh God. All that has been taught to us this morning in Jesus' name, we pray. 
Amen. The sources that I used this morning, as I said I was going to share, is of course the Bible. Amen. And I also used a book called Understanding the Spiritual Gifts by K. Arthur, David, and B.J. Lawson. I also used a message called The Purpose of Prophecy by Roy Roden. And also used excerpts from the book that we used in a Bible study at one time, The Most Important Person on Earth by Dr. Miles Monroe. And also I used um, excerpts from another book called Rewired by Dr. Joe Dispenza. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining us this morning. We look forward to you joining us again live stream next Sunday, which will be, I believe, June 30th. Not, not June, but January 30th. I skipped us up to the sixth month of the year. <laughs> Praise God, it'll be here for you, you know it. God bless you all. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for continuously edifying, exhorting, and comforting one another. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week in Jesus. Amen. Amen.